0: oxygen doesn't actually help you breathe any better it just keeps you warmer and after about six hours of climbing i start getting cold i'm like man that oxygen bottle is out when i changed it out to the regulator i still was hearing the oxygen leak out so instead of having like six or seven hours of oxygen i had like 30 minutes holy My, my whole deal was do i go to the summit and risk it or do i just go back down and be safe
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hot Box, and I'm Evan Britton. I'm Mike Titan. Mike, yes. we've got a fucking what icon in here, man, dude. What the fuck, Joby? This man? guy, Joby O'Gwynn. Welcome to the Hot Box, my brother. American mountaineer, wingsuit, jumper, fuck, base jumper, fucking adrenaline junkie. It's good to have you here, man.
2: Man, Job, what's the deal with you, man? What do you want to do? Why are you so death-defying? Death-defying.
0: I like that. Um, You know what, Mike? That's a pretty good way to to look at it because what I'm doing every time I do one of these jumps, for example, is you're saving your own life. It's like you're committing suicide and then saving your life with a parachute. Mm. But here's the deal. I grew up in a small town, Shreveport, Louisiana and I always wanted to do something special and I I started traveling when I was like 18 years old and I went to Africa and I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro oh I love that I want to do that that was the start of everything for me I'd never been overseas never went anywhere and so I met some guys there they started talking about the seven summits the seven highest mountains in the world the one on each continent that's the tallest and I I said, how many guys you think have done that? And the guy said, I don't know, four or five. I'm like, wow. in, in the world, four or five in the guys? The world. In the history of the world, four or five guys did that? I'm like, I'm doing that. And so by the time I was 26 years old, I had done all seven. I was the youngest person in the world to do it and just a handful of guys. What are the seven summits? So basically, the Seven Summits break down as the tallest mountain in each continent. So like North America is Mount McKinley in Alaska. Mm-hmm. South America is Mount Aconcagua in Argentina. Kilimanjaro in Africa. Mount Elbrus is in Russia as Europe's highest peak. Um, and Mount... uh um, Karsten's Pyramid is in Indonesia, so that's the kind of the Australia, Eurasia, that that area. Asia is obviously Mount Everest. And then the last one that I actually did was kind of in that order was Mount Vincent in Antarctica, Whoa. which was really quite the adventure and was really a cool way to finish the Seven summits. Listen,
2: when you're climbing a mountain, do you see any animals <laughs>
0: up there? See, I've had that question a bunch of times. Sometimes in some places, if you're in Africa, you see all kind of stuff up there, all kind of crazy birds and everything and little little mountain lion stuff. If you're in Antarctica, not so much. (laughs) It's just cold and quiet. There's just nothing up there. Everything's just frozen solid. So it kind of varies. Um, But, yeah, when I was in Russia, we saw some big mountain lions up in the Black Forest up there when we were hiking around. That was pretty cool. you know. So it just depends on where you're at. So how do you prepare? There's a lot to talk
1: about, but I want to kind of hit it one step at a time. How do you prepare for taking on Mount Everest? What's the preparation?
0: Well, I have to say the first time, I've done it three times. So the first time, I really, I was 24 years old. I was young, man. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I had climbed a few mountains, but I just never been to Asia, never been in the Himalayas. So I just figured I would just run all the time. Uh-huh. And then I thought, man, it's not doing enough for me. So my dad worked in an office building that was like 30 floors, like the tallest building in Shreveport. So I put a backpack on it like 40 pounds of weight, and I just started running up and down the stairs. Every now and then I'd mow over some guy who was going <laughs> from one floor to the next, like some law firm dude carrying files or something. I'd come down. And I couldn't stop because I was you know so heavy, and I'd just blast through this guy and be like, oh, sorry, let me buy you a beer later. But – that's what I did, and it made. After a while, you get carved out of wood, just mm. just hammering away like that. I lifted weights and did stuff like that, but I usually stayed pretty lean. You know, one seventy five, one eighty, something like that. So your cardio is just through. There's a root. big cardio, like now uh-huh. two hundred. So now yeah. I'll whittle it down a little bit when I go this spring. I'll lose weight till I till I get shredded down uh-huh. to about one ninety, and then by the time I get to base camp, I'll have lost enough weight to be about one eighty. Then when I go to the summit, hopefully everything works out that way. Then I'll probably be down. I'll have lost like 30 pounds by the end of it. It's like going to space. You actually are actually going to space. You're you're piercing the troposphere at, at 29,000 feet on Everest. You're going that far up. So wow. it's like space jump. You so know? The only,
2: only thing that's like a five that high is a certain go or the eagle, huh? The birds.
0: Check this out, Mike. When I was up there the first time, the first time I went up there, I saw this. I thought, man, I got the best view in the world. I had a really beautiful day. It was was a gorgeous day, like really clear. I could see all the other peaks and everything like you would envision the view from the top of the planet would be. And then I saw this big raven, this big black raven just fly right down on top of me and flew down the the southwest face. And I thought, that bird has the best view. I want that view. And so that's why I was like, I got to figure out a way to get to the top and then jump off and fly away just like that bird did and land safe at the bottom, which I figured it out.
1: Yeah. So how did you – so then what was that? That's the wingsuits.
0: Basically, I found wingsuiting through a random – project that i did for national geographic i was filming a show where i did all these different extreme sports car racing bullfighting, bull riding big wall mountain climbing extreme white water kayaking big adventure races and one of the things i did was base jumping so i had to learn how to base jump usually i had like a week and i had to learn the stuff and i'd have a coach and they'd show me and then i'd put it together and do something big at the end the base jumping thing took me a month but i said what's the biggest base jump in the world you can make they said the north face of the eiger in switzerland i'm like then I'm gonna go there. I'll do that. They're like, Well, you can't, nobody's done that. You can't do that. That's like it takes years. I'm like, give me the right trainers and the resources. They gave me three million dollars. I'm like, in one month I'll be jumping off the Iger. Watch this. In one month I was jumping off the Iger. Three times in one day.
2: Right, ooh. Boom, boom, boom. How did that feel the first little wee woo bad?
0: That <laughs> the balls go in your throat. Oh, yeah. Oh. All the way. You feel it right here. Yeah, all the way up. You just, you can't believe it. Just stand in there. And you're like, but I'm sure you can relate to this. When you're like that, when you're a little scared, that your training comes back to well, your mind. Absolutely. Right? The and then you. comes in. Yeah. Then you yeah. start thinking, okay, here's how I'm going to handle this. You know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And. It works out wow. when you write and you train hard. When you train hard, it makes a difference. Preparation. There's yeah, so much of life is about preparation.
1: Would you say that preparation? Cause you're, I mean, you're, you're not a normal dude, man. You know, what is it that when you were a kid, was there anything you did like this that you brought this focus to, this intensity? What, like, what was your childhood like that prepared you to be a guy who could absorb great amounts of information and training in a very short period of time and go out and do the expert level version of that?
0: That's a good way to put it. I, I always had a knack for if I was interested in something, if I really wanted to do it, I would focus very hard on that. And I would – Find a way to do it. Like when people, when I said I'm going to go climb Mount Everest, people say, "How are you going to do that? That's really expensive. It takes all this money. I mean, how are you just going to go over there and do that?" But I found a way. What I found was though, if you break things down, like if you take Mount Everest for example and you break it down into steps, break it down. You just start picking. Like I would look at the mountain and say, "Man, there's no way anybody could get up there." But then you go, "Okay, well, maybe if I put it into sections." I could do that. Like there was a mountain that's the sixth highest mountain in the world called Choyu. it's in China. And I wanted to climb it and I wanted to climb it faster than anybody else. And my friend said, how are you going to do that? I said, well, I'm going to climb it over three days. I'm going to go to the summit then I'm going to come back down. I'm going to rest for two days and I'm going to take it in sections and I'm going to do it all in one go in one day in eight hours. I'm going to get there in eight hours. And people usually take three or four days to get up there. But I would section it off to the point where I'd say, okay, I'm going to take 150 steps, and then I'm going to keep breathing the same way I'm breathing now. I'm not going to try to catch my breath. I'm just going to keep going. So you start sectioning things off. I got up there in eight hours. This is the world record. Nobody ever climbed an 8,000-meter peak that fast. Yeah. But the last record was 11 and a half hours. So it showed me that if you break things down in the middle and that was fast, that was fast, that was really fast. Yeah, you eight can't hours, believe it. So you right. start breaking fast. it down. Yeah.
2: Hours is fast. yeah,
0: if you think about going from 17,000 feet, which is already way the fuck up there, do you? all the way up to 27,000 feet without in eight a, hours, having a heart with, attack with no oxygen, no ropes, no Sherpa from, from help. No radio, no nothing. Just went up there and did it. But it shows you you can do big things if you break it down and then you train just like that. You did that. You break down these mm. fundamental things where you can put it all back together when you really have to step up and do it. It makes a big difference because it gives you the confidence to know that you can do it. Yeah. Is breathing a big part of your training? Yes, it is. The thing that people don't realize is if you're trying to catch your breath in the mountains, you're never going to do it. Mm. It just doesn't work that way. You're just going to always be trying to catch your breath. So I came up with a system that works for me where I get into a rhythm rhythm. Like when I would run, I'd run just under a full sprint for miles so that I could get to the point where Mm. it didn't bother me to have my heart rate at 200 for extended (laughs) periods of time. And then I would breathe so when I'd stop to rest, my body was resting. My legs were resting a little bit, but I would breathe in the same pace Mm. so that I was never catching my breath. I was just going. I was just going. Then I'd count out another 100 steps and another 100 steps, and I'd stop another 100 steps and stop and then break it down into pieces. The whole deal is if you don't stop that much, then you go real fast. But you still have to be really fit and strong. And
2: listen, I know see, yeah, something yeah. about breathing in the human mind and body. Cause if I could do this, say if I do this a hundred times, <sighs> I will feel totally different.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: You know, my whole barometer. If arama, you do that three you, times. You know, I know exactly, but say a hundred. Oh. My whole barometer feels so totally different. There's something different totally.
1: about I do tons know. of breathing yeah. stuff. Something People probably breathing. think I'm nuts. My wife thinks I'm nuts. I'm walking around works, though. this.
2: Listen I, listen, I do this. I even go to the bathroom. Yeah. Incredible. Oh, yeah. yeah. Breathing. That yeah. has a lot to do with you taking a shit, everything. Yeah, doing. it works for everything. Yogi's <laughs> talking about that. Fuck. Yeah. Well, that's it's why big time. Anything. Yeah, I love anything. Just breathing. Yeah. It's incredible.
1: So that's got to be because you're what not. What is
2: the connection with that, though? Well, yeah, breathing in through like, the nose
1: activates the yeah. prefrontal cortex and all your executive functioning. Yeah. So in, you're in your best, you're brought into your, you just your highest self. That's something, yeah, into that's your something do mind. With
2: healing though. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm looking yeah. for weights or
1: something,
2: when yeah. Yeah. I do that breathing and it goes up and I feel my pain go it just helps. It helps. It, me helps. it helps.
0: Yeah. Me. If you can harness that. Yeah. yeah. It's like. I just don't workout. understand how yeah, it, but
2: it works. You know, just I don't know complete. how, but it works. Yeah. It's
0: the elixir
1: yeah. of life, man. It's prana. The yogis talk about it. It's yeah. pure energy. Right. Yeah. right. And so you're fucking, but you're not just like staying at one altitude. You're going up oxygen levels coming down mm-hmm. and you're keeping your breathing in that
0: mm-hmm. yeah. mode. Yeah. It's, it's a meditation. Yeah. You're just yeah. in a rhythm and a meditation yeah. and, once I could always find that rhythm, then I could just keep going. I was lucky like that. I just was yeah. able to focus in a in a way. I also actually think that my ability to deal with like the conditions had a lot to deal with living in Louisiana. Yeah. Like when the when it would get hot, people always think oh, the yeah. mountains always cold all the time. It's like sometimes you'd be up there and all the sun is reflecting off it. It gets hot where you're like taking everything down to a T-shirt and it's really hot. Most guys, they wilt down and I could keep going. Like I was used to that hot, humid weather, you know, like that was nothing to me. I don't like that. I don't like it it. in Louisiana, New Orleans. Brutal. No, it's It's brutal. It's brutal. 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 But I was used to it. So it helped me. I thought that helped me out. (laughs) You know, I wasn't, I wasn't tired from
2: it. When you're in swamps, you can't breathe. Imagine being up in that altitude. Well, then imagine. So
1: you, you know, you can't breathe. It's very difficult. But then you take into account what Joby does, and you focus on your breathing, and your breathing becomes a part of how you live. Imagine how powerful and strong your body would be. Like shaking your hand, dude, you're like made out of steel. You know what I mean? You like, still have what? to work
0: out like 10 hours a day.
1: I'm I'm sure, I'm sure. But, you know, you, I was like, oh, because I was kind of curious, what is a guy's physique like who fucking – Mount Everest, you know, right. but you got to be fucking
0: strong. You, you got to be strong. powerful. Yeah. You do. You know, yeah. you have to be ripped out and ready to, yeah. do, to do it on that level. For sure. Like For any, sure. there's a lot of guys could be really decently fit <clears throat> and go up there with support. But if you're up there by yourself, like me with no ropes, no Sherpa, no oxygen, nothing. That was the first time you did activate. it. You did it with nothing. I did it with nothing. I was up there all by myself. With just you see the these guys tanks. up there now. There's like a hundred guys up there. It's like, man, when I was there, I was the only man on the mountain. Dude, that's it was awesome, crazy. <laughs> it was no? great. I broke the trail. Usually, you would have ropes. Like now, you'd have multiple ropes going to the summit from the base to the summit. Whereas when I did it in '99 for the first time, I'm like this little skinny. Who was the first you know? man in
2: history to ever summit ever?
0: A guy named. Edmund Hillary, Mike.
2: He's from New
0: Zealand. Mm. He was from New Zealand and he took one of the Sherpas with him, so the two of them got to the summit. What year was it? 1954. Wow. That was the first time. Well, some well, rich, dudes in the yeah. 20s tried, oh, yeah, they, they, and they, they died. Still there, They're, still there, exactly. They're still up there. Wow. there. Exactly. They're still up there. Those guys oh, there. hanging from some... Oh, yeah. You yeah. Skeleton and you you, <laughs> you can see the stuff couldn't handle the weather and stuff. And oh, was, they were all ill-equipped and stuff. Oh, they were wearing, like, leather boots and stuff. nail yeah, hot- boots. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. They didn't, no. They had no chance.
3: All right. Let's take a quick break from the show. Hope you're enjoying the episode. You know, if you're sitting around at the house... Looking for ways to stay fit like me, like Mike, who works out every single day. Uh, we just found a cool different way to get the best cardio workout ever, man, for a fraction of the cost. Uh, It's called cross rope. It's the sleek weighted jump rope system that makes working out at home fun. I just got my jump ropes, man. They are crazy. Cool. Um, and Mike, you jump rope all the time. Jump rope is very important for me
2: because it has a lot to do with rhythm and timing. And the longer you do it, the more rhythm and timing you
3: possess. And, um, And Mike, like we were talking off the air, jump roping is the best cardio you can do. And think about it, you can do it staying in one place in your house. It's perfect.
2: Oh, absolutely, the best perspiration, best cardio workout you can get besides running.
3: Exactly. So look, we got our ropes over here. I'm gonna get mine. Put the. I'm gonna go with the get strong because the ropes a little heavier. Uh, but me and my girlfriend, we're working out. You know, I, I mean, we're not running and. We're up all the time and eating way too many quarantine snacks. So um, this this cross rope jump system is exactly what we needed. If you're ready for a new cardio and full body home workout, visit crossrope.com/slash-hotbox and you got to check out this jump rope system. And here's the best part: you're gonna love the whole experience. But if you don't, they offer a 60 day risk free guarantee. Okay, so there's pretty much you got nothing to lose. Okay, download the cross rope app. Uh, They're going to show you all the different jump styles that you can use to train. And, hey, man, be like Mike. Remember that? (laughs) Listen, the home workout experience just got reinvented with Crossrope, man. Workout, your glutes, your booty. That's the same thing, right? Your core, your back, your shoulders, all of it, man. No fluff. It's just good old-fashioned fun and great exercise, right? If you're ready for a new cardio and full-body home workout, visit Crossrope.com slash hotboxing. Get up to $40 off Crossrope sets plus free shipping when you check out today at crossrope.com slash hotboxing. That's H-O-T-B-O-X-I-N, crossrope.com slash hotboxin. Mike, you got your crossrope. You said you're going to teach me some jump styles, right? Yeah, absolutely. Expect a call from
2: me.
1: <laughs> You've seen some shit on the mountain. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell us the story. Cause we've, I've heard it now like three times, but I want to hear it from you. Of... When you went up the mountain, time by yourself, and one of your oxygen tanks wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And what went down and how that, what was going on that day?
0: I, I It was 2008, <clears throat> and I was up there for, this was the third time I'd been up there. So I kind of knew what the score was. I thought, basically what happened, though, I was trying to do the fastest ascent of Everest. And my goal was to be like less than 10 hours from the base of the route to the summit. So I took off in the afternoon. A friend of mine said, Hey, on the radio, you should go now. All right, I'm going now. He told me when you get to the high camp at 26,000 feet, you know, there's some tents. Then they have my initials on the tents, and you can go inside. And if it's too cold or too windy, you can grab some oxygen bottles and a mask. Everything's up there. Just take what you need. So by the time I got up there, it was dark. The wind was just blasting me, just hammering me, and it it's cold. The oxygen doesn't actually help you breathe any better. It's not like a scuba tank going underwater. It just keeps you warmer. Like it just kind of makes you – gives you more to not feel so cold, makes your head clear a little bit. So I grabbed some bottles. I grabbed two, hooked one up, put it on, put the mask on, started going up, put the extra one in there, and after about six hours of climbing – I'm up there all by myself, and I start getting cold. I'm like, man, that oxygen bottle is out. So I change it out. When I changed it out to the regulator, I still was hearing the oxygen leak out. Mm -hmm. So I knew that the bottle didn't fit the regulator. Mm -hmm. So that was my mistake was at the tent. I didn't check that both of them fit. Mm -hmm. So instead of having like six or seven hours of oxygen, I had like 30 minutes. Holy shit. my, My whole deal was, do I go to the summit and risk it? Or do I just go back down and be safe? Well, I went to the summit, of course. And as I'm taking the last few steps to the top, I start getting cold again. I'm like, damn it. I'm out of oxygen at the tallest point on the planet. So I just started kind of running down, like just making my way down. And... I ran into a few dead bodies that I had conversations with because I was hallucinating and everything. But eventually, I dragged myself to that high camp and got some more oxygen, put it on, got all the way down. But I did get to the summit in nine and a half hours. Still a world you record. Have,
2: you have to have tough um, psychological fortitude.
0: Yeah. It was just yeah. like, keep moving. Just oh, keep yeah. moving. Just keep moving. Just keep moving. I sat down to a body that was sitting next to me, and I started chatting him up. And after a while, I'm like, man, this guy's dead. Was He's he did for a, a long skeleton? time. Yeah, he was just like a frozen dude with these blue gloves. And I was just sitting there. And I'm like, man, if I don't get out of here, I'm going to be you this guy. Him, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's crazy that's, to think about it. That's like that. unbelievable. Just,
2: it all have to do with your willingness to die. Yeah. What are you willing to risk? Do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was willing to risk a lot all the time for a long time. Still? Like I was boxing.
2: I was that way. I was willing to risk a lot.
0: Yeah, mm, yeah. Kind of risk it all to get to, to the to the biggest show, you know, to do the biggest thing.
2: You make what you're doing a strange Don't matter what it is, you make it. You make it kind of noble, mm-hmm. A noble cause.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree
2: it's with grand. that very much. Yeah, you make it a noble cause. You know why would your mind could take it place? Somebody else, man, can't even conceive of it. Mm-hmm. And say, what is the point? The importance of this shit. What's wrong with this motherfucker? He wants to climb it. Not only is he climbing, he's just, it's too easy that he's climbing. He, he wants to do this fast. He do this fast. Now he wants to leap and jump and and fly around. He wants to hang out with the fucking birds. Yeah. And then he wants to hang out with the angels. Mm. You know? Either way, he's flying.
1: How do you answer that,
0: Joby? I think he just did it about as perfect as it can be. <laughs> That's right. That's what I wanted. And I'm getting it. I'm living my dream in a, in a huge way. If you said when I was a little kid, one of these days there's going to be a suit that allows you to fly. If you work really hard, you could master it oh, and do those things. It's
2: funny that you said that because I've watched, mm. and I'm it's not that kind of guy. But since hanging around here over the years, I've been hanging around here. I I would be in this room, this room is decorated so different now, but it would be, you know, seats in here, couches, and I would sit in here, me and Miles, and we would just watch, and we would watch the suit people, and this is what I want to talk to you about, that um, normally, it was this young lady that was uh, acquainted with a gentleman that was, and he died, Mm -hmm. but she kept going, and you know. Once she dated, she couldn't date another guy that's a normal job. She had to only date guys that do this. And she dated quite a couple of guys that died doing that. But she would know she can't date a normal guy like us. After dating a guy like that, you know, after dating a guy like that, she yes, can't sir. date a normal motherfucker. It. No, I'm serious. I'm yeah, serious. Yeah, no, he's right. This is not a joke. I'm, I'm not being funny. I mean, this is true. I'm not yeah. lying because it's funny. And the, the guy that she, she dated, her ex boyfriend, knows the guy that she's dating now. He would be like, you can't, you can only. She's gonna be the guy that do that stuff.
0: It's a small world too. Yeah, it's It's super small. Yeah. Super small.
2: Defying death. You know what I mean? The death defying what? What do you want to call them? Ooh, they have to have a name. Ooh, death-defying. You call yourself something? Joby? Stunt man most <laughs>
0: Stunt <laughs> figure that tries to kind of cover all the bases, I but it.
2: different step most stuntman, yeah. right? Most stuntmen um practice what they do over and over again. You don't practice what you do over with only one yeah. go. There's <laughs> only
0: one go. Yeah, yeah, there's only one go no practice in this yeah. yeah. No yeah. there's no practice. You know, it's like just you either go do it or you over don't. And do it. over
2: again yeah. So with the wingsuits, that's the awesomest thing they ever did. It's incredible. It's absolutely wingsuits. incredible. Listen, so eventually, they're gonna make a suit where somebody's gonna be able to fly like Superman. You watch. Oh yeah. Well, guys, take control. off. And everything. See a wingsuit. You're only controlled when you're in the air. Uh huh. But with, imagine when you get on the ground, you're gonna be able to jump off and do it again from the ground. You just jump up and you just go start flying. Without going over a cliff. I'm sure. Imagine They'll that. They'll get there. They'll get there. Imagine that it's being like this. you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I'm <laughs> yeah. serious. I, mean, I know. I know, Mike. Don't have yeah, to know no outfit or no, no you're not big talking old. around. That thing, um, the jump It's to the, a trip. Yeah, that's um, state of the art. But when that yeah. stuff comes, that stuff is going to be so. In the way, all that stuff, yeah. the state of the stuff, just jumping up and taking off and being oh, yeah. the villain in a couple of hours,
0: yeah. <laughs> a couple of days. It'd be like Iron Man or something, something, yeah, something like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, how do you prep for
1: that? How do you get into that? So, you started base jumping, you
0: did Iger
1: three times one day.
0: I did that for the show, which yeah. gave me access to. Now, the base uh,
1: jumping, though, was just you jumping off
0: the platform right. parachute. Right. So when I first did it off the Eiger, I had a little jumpsuit on, but it wasn't a wingsuit of any uh-huh. kind. The
2: wingsuit, they don't have no parachute.
0: No, they have one at the very end. Yeah. You, you still you have, you have to use it. Yeah, you still to have land. to use land. that to land. I know a few guys who've landed wingsuits without using the parachute, uh, but they're not feeling too good about it right now. But uh, the main thing is… still here? uh. Actually, a couple of them are. Okay. Yep, surprisingly okay. so. They just wow. caught a tree or this and that. God yeah. Bless it, them. It's crazy, but wow. stuff happens like that, weird stuff. I, 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 the first time when I went on that trip to the Switzerland, that was when I saw my first wingsuit. There was a guy who was the location manager who's a really, really good friend of mine now. Mm. He was a legend, Andy West. He's like one of the first guys ever to make a base jump ever, like up in Yosemite. They were jumping with skydiving rigs and all this stuff. He had a suit. I was like, I thought, okay, I, my first thing was I could make money from that. Like, nobody's doing that. So I take that back to Los Angeles and start showing guys this stuff. They're going to mm. be like, there's something to this. So I thought, well, I got to do it. Now I got to get good at it. So I bought some suits. They were from France or something. I had them I'm shipped in. in they were, the like, wings? they were like three grand each or something. <laughs> but I had the sponsorship for the mountain climbing from Oakley and a couple other companies. So I had enough money to buy equipment, rent helicopters. So that's what I did for the next three years. All I did was jump out of helicopters every day in Switzerland with like two other guys filming me to figure out how do you film it. Then I figured that out. Jesus. And that was the technical part. Like, you know, if you're good at one technical thing you can make money from it. You can make a career out of it. That's what I did. I wanted to be the best wingsuit pilot in the world. And I wanted to dominate the sport. And I wanted to make more money than anybody else had made from it. I wanted to get all the big shows and the Hollywood stuff. I was like, I had a plan. Like for me, it was a business plan. It was a serious plan, which Mm. I thought if I look at it like that, then maybe it'll keep me alive because this is kind of a crazy man sport, but I Mm -hmm. wasn't really a crazy man. I just thought I want to live the ultimate dream Based on flight. That's fucking crazy, dude. You're automatically like the coolest guy in the room when you do that. Once I had yeah. it mastered and I started pumping out videos on YouTube yeah, and, and stuff, people are like, you, holy shit. What the shit. fuck, what <laughs> yeah. the fuck what is said. these That's guys what doing? What the fuck is that this? Story, what the yeah, they
2: showed you and that. Truck truck uh-huh. And some of them are crazy because some of them are these little passes. We yeah. There, yeah. And they're right yeah. between them. It's like valleys. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they're fast as hell going.
0: Yeah, you're going like 160 miles an hour. Jesus, dude.
2: Once you hit those rocks, you're dead. You're That's fucked. it. <laughs> you're you Yeah, you're nothing. You're
0: nothing. No. Um, it's not a very forgiving sport. <laughs> That's for sure.
2: But Listen, I've seen people hit some bad stuff and survive, too. You can't believe a human being survived some of the hits, you know?
1: Yeah. The human body can withstand Ooh. a tremendous amount of Ooh. pressure. Um. So, you know, you're very loose, man. You're very, like, fun to be around. You're great in conversation. And I wasn't sure how you would be because of the fact that you're constantly, you have sort of a constant relationship with death.
2: Does anybody love you? You have brothers, sisters, girlfriends? What the fuck is your story, man? Uh, How can somebody expect to have you for long?
0: I probably put my parents through a lot. I didn't realize how much I put them through until I had my son. He's five years old. He lives in Italy with his mom.
2: Hey, I'm dealing with that now. I must have put my family through hell. Yeah. Yeah. And my kids are not even worth nothing like me. But I must have put my family through hell.
0: I know I did. Yeah. When I think about it now, I'm like, I feel bad a little bit. But my parents are proud of me that I made something – when I, you know, grew up, I got to do what I wanted to do. Like I was living my dream and I was successful at it. And I was staying alive when a lot of other people didn't. The mountain climbing thing took a lot of friends from me mm. in pretty harsh ways. It was brutal. brutal.
2: Um, Any bad them? Just. No bear accident?
0: Just like falling off the mountain or, oh, you know, falling Jesus for a long Chris. way and, and I've watched guys fall off a mountain and just get blown apart and stuff. And you just brutal and doing body recoveries. And you're in Pakistan and you go, wait, we got to get these guys out of here and stuff. Wrapping their bodies up. I mean, pretty just harsh. There's blood all over the snow and you're dragging these guys for miles. And it's just like,
2: shit. When you go up those mountains do you see tribes of people like living in those mountain hills. Oh, yeah. Around, around
0: One time I was in Pakistan. I was trying to go to climb a mountain called Batura 2, which was the highest unclimbed mountain in the world. It's right on the border of Afghanistan. So I'm walking through, and this guy comes out in the beard from this little yurt tent deal. He goes, hey, come here. <laughs> Holy I'm like, I'm all by myself. I'm just hiking in. My partner had already been over there. That was an Italian guy. We were going to climb the mountain. So I hike in for like three days. He goes, hey, you want some tea? I'm like, Okay. He walks in. I, he goes, "Do you know where you're at?" I said, "Yeah, I got the GPS. Everything's working. I'm I'm going over here." And he goes, "Man, there's a lot of Taliban around here." I know. And I was like, "Really?" He goes, "Yeah, big time. You better watch out. Just watch out." He said, "Probably you won't see them. You know." He said, "But you're about the only white guy here. You know, in any stretch around." I said, "Well, what about you? You have problems with the Taliban?" He goes. No, last week we got rid of the Taliban. I'm like, oh, really? How'd you do that? He goes, well, they were trying to come in and recruit some of the young guys here to, in our village. And we just went and cut all their heads off and put them on little sticks out in front of the house here. They don't come over here anymore.
2: Yeah, that's harsh living,
0: and I'm thinking, I'm walking by myself for the next two days.
2: That's harsh living. That's harsh living, and
0: think about it, man, I didn't even care. Like at that time, I was like 30 or something. I'm 45 now. I was just Jesus, like, whatever. Man. And I was just Did that guy cruising. speak English or Yeah, was... he spoke perfect English. Oh wow. Yeah. People in Pakistan are highly educated, actually. Yeah. 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 They, they speak knows. quite
2: a few languages. Yeah, they, they
0: live in huts. Hindi and farsi okay. and yeah. English and
2: they live in undeveloped um homes and stuff and they speak a couple of languages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's right. Yeah, that's crazy, You go to, listen, you go to Russia, you might run into a girl that speaks seven languages. And you say, man, she, and listen, she's poor and has no money. And you say to myself, how do I get this girl in America? She's going to make me so much money. Uh-huh. You know, what the fuck? She's poor. She speaks seven, eight languages. Oh, that's
1: that's yeah. That's crazy. Yeah.
2: So, Joby, you're getting ready
1: to do something right now. I am. That you've attempted before. That
2: we might think it's cool, but his parents don't think it's fucking cool.
0: No, right? they don't. Sure. <laughs> they don't <laughs> think it's cool at all uh no i'm I'm actually getting a second chance to do something that I thought was pretty much done five years ago 2014 I went to everest I had an unlimited budget from discovery channel ah. we spent more more than most TV shows we spent over 15 million dollars basically to make this show and it would have gone to far over 20 once we turned it on but the mm-hmm. idea was we were going to do a live show from the summit where I would jump off the summit with a wingsuit and fly down and land at base camp they had good luck with Nick Welinda doing the high wire deal over the grand canyon mm-hmm. and so my show was the next show and they poured tons of resources into it and I was a big star and that was great I I had actually just pitched them a documentary. They turned it into the the more bigger theater, but that was fine, you know, whatever they wanted to do. I worked for them at the time. I was trying to do the best job I could for the company and the people I worked for, and they were allowing me to live my dream, and I appreciated that. So I wanted them to Uh understand that I would work really hard to make it happen. So I did. I did everything I could. We got to base camp had NBC was there doing all the live transmission. Everything turned on. It all worked. It was bouncing off a Chinese satellite, going to New York, and it was beamed out to 222 countries, the entire planet, basically. Biggest live show ever, ever basically. And it was all me. It was a pretty amazing place to find yourself where you're the star of the biggest – this is the biggest thing that's ever happened lately on TV and everything, and I was that guy. And it was a lot of pressure. But I took it well, and I just took it as a job. I'm just going to do the best job I can, so maybe I can get some more jobs with these guys, have another show, work Mm -hmm. with people I worked with were very very good to work with, top-level professional people. And I enjoyed that high-level work, working with people like that. So – it was like the biggest opportunity of my life and i knew financially it would be huge you know i had a lot of opportunities that would come out of that and it had already come out of it and the discovery channel deal was you know great i got to buy a house in laguna beach you know it pretty wasn't awesome. all bad yeah, pretty awesome. but basically i was sitting there in base camp and big avalanche came down and killed all of my Sherpa team killed my my team and Damn, that was I it
2: heard of that. and you were about to go on that um journey with them huh
0: Basically, a producer saved my life. He just said, hey, are you taking the equipment up that you're going to use to jump? Because we haven't filmed you explaining that out and laying it out. I said, yeah, I'm taking it up there. He said, well, maybe if you stay one more day, that saved my life. Mm. Do you think you owe this to them? Mm. Yes. Good question. I do. Yeah. I owe it to them. I do owe it to them. I can't help it. I feel that way. I live with that every day. I sent those guys to do a job, and they died, and that's on me. It is. I'm all right about it. But if I could do this, then it would be something special. And I think people would appreciate it, the story. And that's what I want to do. I want to tell a story. If people can be inspired by it, then that's good. Do you have children? I have a little boy, yeah. Solomon Alexander O'Gwen. Great name. There's a lot to live up to, but I think he will. (laughs) And he's a sweet, sweet boy and a strong person. So you're heading out there. Yeah. Back out. Yeah. I'll be there in April and hopefully sometime in the middle of May, we'll get up to the summit and make the jump. I've got better equipment this time, so I'm stoked about that. <laughs> the, That's good. The equipment I use has actually been enhanced, mm. I would say, by a thousand percent. Makes it safer, easier, better for me. So. I hope that'll make a big difference. My game plan for it and the project that I actually want to make is is diff- different. It's not a live show. It's it's a movie. It's the movie I wanted to make about my journey and my story and sharing what happened to these guys and who they were and what big heroes you that they were.
2: These monks up there in Nepal. Up oh there? yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. they're
0: about. We get blessings when we go yeah. over there. We stop in. Yeah. We stop in, and we get wow. the blessings from the monks. In the Tangbushé Monastery, there's another monastery closer and higher up, near more near to Everest. We stop there, and we get a blessing in the morning times when they do it. And That's it's awesome. Great. Yeah, yeah. It's special times. Special times up there in those high mountains like that. There's no place in the world like the Himalayas. Wow,
1: dude. Well, once you do this, man, you come back on the podcast. You talk, talk to I'd us love about to. it. Yeah. You tell us how it went.
0: I'll break it down for you, for sure. Yeah.
1: It's amazing, brother. Well, good luck to you in that. I mean, I don't know what else to say, but you're you're fucking inspiration. I really want to – I've had a dream since I was a kid to do Kilimanjaro and Everest.
0: Oh, well, why don't you guys just come with me? We'll do a (laughs) podcast live from the summit. From the summit? That would not be that hard to do. You, know, you and i would have to get on the treadmill a little bit yeah people
2: get some it's their life you know my life this is worth my life and look at this and this is worth my life
3: all right let's uh let's take a break from hot boxing real quick to talk about our exclusive partner bet online which of course you know sports is i'm like breaking right now right mike what's your favorite sport outside of boxing mma well you can bet on mma you can bet on poker you can bet on everything you want with betonline.ag all of the action with betonline.ag open 24 hours a day, all online. Um, are you a betting man, Mike? With life I am. <laughs> <laughs> our exclusive partner bet online. Doesn't worry if you're missing the NFL because they have live Madden NFL 20 simulations a day. You can wager on plus so much more visit our good friends and exclusive partner at podcast one bet online to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code podcast one for your sign up bonus. Don't forget to use that promo
2: code PODCAST1, and we're going to have some fun.
1: Hey, guy. Wow, man. Well, thank you for being here.
2: You ever think, what is our life? Oh, yeah. we sound good. What is our life? Yeah, let's what keep is, going. Yeah, what is our life?
0: It's the one thing you have that's the most valuable thing. So when you bet it on something, that's it. That's all you got. Right? How do we live our life? I mean, you you and I live a little different than most people. We see it different. How
2: do we protect ourselves from the fear of dying?
0: Yeah. Because we haven't had that fear much in our life. I lost 16 friends in six weeks one time from wingsuit stuff. In six weeks, good friends, people I knew well and loved. And still, I was flying, still doing it. And then after a while, I'm like, eh. Maybe <laughs> you know the odds. Yeah, the odds. Yeah, they Definitely. catch up.
2: Life is um. Life prepares. like we were discussing. Life prepares us for death. You know, it just prepares us. Life is smarter, and nature is smarter than we can ever anticipate. We react off nature without us even knowing we're reacting. Mm-hmm. This, this isn't. I without me doing this. Why am I doing this? Well, for a reason I did this, but I had to do this. <laughs> I don't even know why. Why am I moving? Why I'm talking? You know. Mm-hmm. It's hmm This is nature. It prepares us for everything. But we think that um we're running the show.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, you think you're in control you until you're not in control. I'm
2: still in my mind. Know. Right. going to the second <laughs> half. I'm right I'm a Our ego is just what well, is amazing. Yeah.
1: Are you are Joby, are you in a constant state of just letting go of any thoughts of Future. I mean, do you just stay? Have to stay in the moment and trust the training and.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to be here now.
1: Yeah, you know yeah. that's the I, goal. That works
0: pretty good for me. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I read that book by Ram Dass. Yeah, many years ago, I love many that. people had. It's wonderful, and I really thought that that was a smart way to look at things, especially for somebody What's like me. It to me. Well, just the idea. The guy wrote a book, and his whole idea it was a real simple book. Mm-hmm. Uh, But a friend of mine gave it to me. You should kind of sit down and read it all at one time. So you about 10, 15 minutes, you kind of make your way through it. But the whole idea summed up is be here now. Like, don't think about what happened yesterday or in the past Or think about too much about what's in the future. But if you're really here in the moment, then you are living the best possible life because you're here. You're absorbing everything. You're getting it all. Yeah. Instead of letting your mind and your heart and your soul take you, drift over here thinking about all this other stuff, it keeps you focused on things you, you should and can do. Yeah. But it also makes it where your life really is as full yeah. as it possibly can be. I struggle with that. I think I, a lot about the past. It's hard like, for me.
2: Mm. Our path is just the path is just what dead generation, dead generation living on the brain of the living. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just think about it. We got it. We got um. Revenge ourselves for this. We got to revenge our race for this. We got to revenge ourselves for this and this. And And we continue fighting battles in the past and we can never go forward in the future. You know, we always fight those generations of negative insults that we received and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, black people got their their call Latentino people got their call gay people got their call the LTB people they got their everybody has their call because know why because we're not one yet we are one but we're not conscious one we're still trying to separate ourselves we're still trying to find things to separate ourselves and we keep coming back to we're still one we're still the same and that frustrates us and we dig and we dig and we dig and we get frustrated because we can't find nothing to separate us hmm. And we don't want to be a part of this. We don't want to be a part of that. But the reality is we're all of this. This is who we are. And we don't want to look and face who we are. Yep. They don't want to say, I'm a great man, but my daughter's gay, or my son is, why is this? Why is this? Because that's what you are. We are what we what our children are. What we hide and um, can, um, deceive, conceive from people comes out in our children. Mm. And they're that way naturally because we live a life trying to hide who we are have our secrets yeah. instead of trying to live open.
1: There's re- there's a reason we don't have eyes on the back of our head. You know, we're not meant to look behind us. No
2: way. It's hard sometimes. We have that have faith. That's why we need faith. Exactly. We, don't have eyes, we have to have more trust and faith. Yeah. That our brother man is not going to betray us or our, our sisters is not going to betray us.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Trust the process.
2: That's it, man. You can see now how At this century, people are becoming better people now. There's still, we got some, we still got some time for some guys that are still around. They don't really, they didn't didn't mend into society well, but people are becoming better now. They're becoming smarter, you know? Yeah. They're looking at, look, they're they're questioning Christmas. They're questioning the holidays, everybody. Yeah, they question more stuff. They're questioning God. Why is he a man? You know, we're questioning everything now. Yeah. Things that we look at, how dare you question this, but they got to go on their own journey and path and find yeah. It out.
1: Yeah, that's the interesting part that, you know, everyone has to find it in their own time. The waking up, yeah. it's all in their own time.
2: And then when you make that statement about living in the moment, there's no, there's nothing feeling like living in the moment because living in the moment, it's hard to grasp that feeling. Yeah. How hard difficult we we can't even do it oh, now no it. Yeah. how hard is it to live yeah, in that yeah. moment? Yeah. think about how hard we're right here moment. yeah when you live in that moment it's so sensational then huh when it's gone, you fuck what's going on. That moment, you just, can't, you just can't hold it.
0: Yeah. yeah. You can't hold it. You can't hold it.
2: And then you think to hold it, how to get back. You're trying to get that feeling again. Yeah. But it's not something that you can get back. you got to summon it. It comes when you don't even prepare. <laughs> right. And when it's over, you say, yo, did you? F-? I mean, you can't explain. Right. Yeah. You can yeah. Yeah. feel <laughs> that? Oh, fuck. You feel like an idiot trying to explain it, right? Right, right. Oh, man. Yeah, it But it gave you a feeling that one tenth of a second, like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't even explain that to somebody what that is.
1: Well, that's like getting back to the breathing, man. That's why your breathing is so important, being tuned into your breath and breathing in and out through your nose that's because that come, brings listen, you into the moment.
2: That's how come some people, like human beings, when they really get in tune with themselves, they get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Because they can't handle that power.
0: It's a lot of power. Yeah, they it's can. a lot of power. <laughs> it's a lot of power. You know it is. Yeah, it's very powerful. Woo! Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah, when it all when it's yeah. all opened up, whoa, whoa! You say whoa. I don't
2: want this stuff. No,
0: no. <laughs> and you get in trouble. Yeah. You and I are talking about exactly the yeah, same thing. Yeah, you get in trouble. You get in big trouble. Damn it! Expensive too, yeah. styling <laughs> oh. Who the fuck
2: the is that? You the who the said that? Got that five million? Dollars? <laughs> who, the hell is that? who are they? What they look like? Is it a girl? A guy? What the fuck? Oh shit! Listen, um, I look at everything. I look at women. Look at people. Look at people who are looked at as enemies. Everything they were, they were teachers. All those guys who were our teachers, and that's what this big world is—a school. Mm. It's where we live It's one big school, I like that, and all of, and all of our all of our encounters are classes mm-hmm. imagine how much how many classes we endure in this life if you're in the moment, yeah,
1: if you're able to just be in the moment you know and really be in those exchanges with people, are you able to grasp grasp the lessons
2: that moment's a motherfucker. the fool. Well, red, we're too at the moment. Well, we've
1: been, I think in Western culture, we've been programmed to be, to live in our fantasies and to live in <sighs> that our,
2: deep, that's what I do. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm all in my, think about it, it man. We're
1: constantly, constantly, mm-hmm. we're constantly trained to live in our fantasies and live in our own little dreams and never actually do anything with those. We're not meant to, they don't want us to, they. They don't, but there is. They don't want us to be the full expression of ourselves. That's why we climb mountains, dude.
2: What happens when, listen, I always think when I die and I, and that's when I begin to live, I wake up and I'm around everybody and they saw me do everything I did in private. Like, I, like if I died, I wake up and I'm around and all these people and... I don't know if I know their names, but they saw me do everything <laughs> that I hid when I was in private, jerking off, fuck somebody I shouldn't have fucked, or did something I should have did, been with somebody I shouldn't have been with, He's doing all this stuff, and I'm hiding, and think no one knows to this moment, and I wake up after dying, and all these people saw me do everything I thought I hid from everyone. How would that feel? I would be embarrassed. I would be ashamed. I would say sorry <laughs> in my life. I would say, listen, I will make it. Kind of liberated, though, a little bit. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's, yeah. uh, everybody knows, so there you go. You know what? <laughs> that's what happened when I That's what happened when I took the toad. That's I felt liberated. I had that humiliating feeling, then liberated.
1: Yeah. Well, Mike, you know, the only one that really matters is you, because you know it all. You've seen it all. You've been in there the whole time. You know everything that happened. So then, like, what does someone else's opinion of that even matter?
2: No, because their opinion, believe it or not, is my opinion of myself. Everybody else's opinion is the opinion that you conjured up already. You had that opinion about that stuff before that even came out their mouth. And that's why and that's why that happened, because you have to face those opinions. You have to face your self-hate, your self-doubt, your self-alignment. Mm. You know mm-hmm. your self illusion. Yeah. You know. Imagine after all this stuff, you know who we think we are, who we believe we are, and then the older we get, the sicker we get. God is saying, "Keep on, tell me who you are. Keep telling me who you are." Mm-hmm. And then you say to yourself, "You like even if we get to, at this stage of our life, we start to become more spiritual and think to God." Then you say to yourself, "All this stuff I've got, and you say, Wow. I'm still not doing enough for God. I'm not praying enough. I'm not serving enough. You know, you always, that happens. You know, because you know, you've seen um, people before, you've seen your family, you've seen them get old, you saw them strong at one time, you saw them living their life, you saw them get old, you saw them get weak, you saw them get feeble, you saw them die. And now my process is going to, how am I going to do this with dignity? Am I going to be a dickhead about this? How am I going to handle this?
1: About dying?
2: Yeah. Or aging? Both. About dying. You know, some people do it with dignity. Some people do it with harshness and say, fuck this and get an M16 and start taking out other people too. Because living is real complicated. It's even more complicated than dying. Dying is easy. Living is fucking horrendous. Mm -hmm. Living.
0: In the suffering sometimes.
2: Uh Yeah, but we keep living because we think we're going to get the message. Even since the biblical times, we still listen for the message. You know, we, it's knowledge. Always. It. We seek knowledge to the grave. We seek it. We stay around because we think, we, even if we believe in the second coming, we're going to see something <laughs> going to give us a message.
1: See, I think that... You the, know, you
2: feel me? I don't yeah. care what religion, you, but something, something, the, something about right. that second coming is kind of real. I don't care uh-huh. what religion it is, but something about, we're still waiting for that.
0: We're still waiting for that. Even yeah.
2: though we might be... Scientifically aware that this can't be true, but we still are feeling our barometer, wait for it, mm-hmm. our being, wait for it. it. Has nothing to do with knowledge, mm-hmm. it's who we are. Our being is our whole barometer. We could be idiots, but we know it's coming, you know. Yeah. You know we're waiting for it, mm-hmm. you know. We could be idiots, our brains could be this big, but still, we have to feel we know it's something greater than us, yeah. You know, idiots, we mm-hmm. have nothing whatever they call retards, whatever you are but we feel yeah, like yeah. greater than that. Yeah. So that makes them smarter than most of the guys that have education that believe they're greater
3: than everything. Hey, let's take a, a quick break from the show. You know, with uh, everything going on today, you know, with the uh, health pandemic, people are, uh, people's anxiety on the rise, man. You know, everybody is uh, struggling with work and family and just the the shift of the normal routine, and it can bring up a lot of emotions, man, but that's okay. It's all right. Because there is help with Talkspace now, Mike. Talkspace is an online therapy platform. I know you are a big uh, therapy advocate
2: because I'm I'm a strong believer in people getting well. Because um, most of my life I've been through the mental program, the mental health program, and from that I've I've come across, um, I've improved
3: leaps and bounds. That's great, Mike. That's what I'm talking about. Look, and it's Mental Health Awareness Month too. You know, with Talkspace you get the support of a licensed therapist from the safety of your home. So you got the anxiety of going out. Don't worry. You're going to stay in. Okay. And you can reach out from your device whenever something is on your mind. You can send your therapist a text, audio picture or video message from your phone or computer. Twenty four seven, as much as you need to. Look, Talkspace is just the platform that people out there need to help them figure out the things that are going on uh, in their lives. Okay, so bottom line, you deserve support. Don't struggle on your own, um, Mike. Yes, do- not struggle on your own. I mean, if the anxiety is building, Mike, what do you think? Talkspace is the place, right?
2: You have to go to. You have to talk to somebody. By holding that stuff in, you you wind up becoming a slave to your emotion and doing that, you have no control.
3: Your Talkspace therapist can be a dedicated support system, which everybody needs, okay? Uh, they're there to help you feel healthier and more empowered, even in these uncertain circumstances, okay? So as a listener of the Hot Boxing Podcast, you can get $100 off your first month on Talkspace. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure you use the code HOTBOXIN, H-O-T-B-O-X-I-N, and get $100 off your first month and show your support for this show.
1: What's your sense of God, Joby, spirituality?
0: (laughs) Actually, I grew up in kind of a strict sort of private church, but my parents were not too hard on me and my brother in that way. They didn't really hammer us, and they got out of that, and so we had some structure there that was interesting where I— got to read the bible all the way through and do a, and know quite a lot of all the stories and the things that really mattered so i appreciated it for that mm-hmm. there were some good people in it too but the way i would say it is that the mountains are my church mm-hmm. and that. <laughs> um that's where i go to pray and sure. i do a lot of praying when i'm there because i need a lot of help usually and if you <laughs> so, listen
2: to the mountains talk to you they do the woods, the forest. They talk to you. I know people think I'm crazy, but man, oh, absolutely. I, I do that I'm like, ooh, you know that you're nothing. You no, know that absolutely. you're nothing. Oof, yeah.
1: Well, there's vibrations all around us. I mean, everything is vibrations, and are there is no sound until. The vibrations hit our eardrums, and then it transfers a signal into our brain that creates a sound. Yes.
2: It tells us when to be. We're in the, we're in the forest. We're in the truth. It tells yeah. you when to be afraid. And, hey, be careful. Yes, exactly. And then, you ran and then eventually you saw those exactly. lines, right? Exactly. You don't even see it, but it does oh, Something's not right here. Exactly. It's not cool. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. So, and then the
2: lines pop up, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Not. That's happened to me plenty of times. Yeah. I remember one time being in oh, those Pakistan crazy guys and that up happened. with a gun. Yeah, or something like that. The avalanche, little avalanche was coming down, and I was like, maybe I Something's should go down. Happening. And a guy came down, and he said, We're out of here. I said, Oh, I thought so. He goes, What were you waiting for? I was like, Well, I was thinking about it, and it felt like I should go down. He goes, Never, ever, ever go against that feeling. Uh, you get feeling,
2: it. Right? The first one stinks. where
0: you go, Something's wrong. Get the fuck out immediately because it's right. That you're feeling no, it for either. a reason. Maybe think about it.
2: To go with your first feeling. The first feeling, yeah. whatever is
0: the first one, is probably right. Definitely, I, it's you know. been. I took that advice. Well, it's your it's instincts. It's an instinct. But that feeling so much older than
2: you. It's probably older than God. The Prophet. It, it's
0: the original you know? advice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. dude. It's the original <laughs> advice. Get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. We right gotta now. go right now. You Feel
0: that way for a reason. Yeah.
1: Oh, dude, I love that. Well, you know, that's that's also you know, the way our lives are set up now, people just are so out of touch with that. Those senses.
0: You know? Yeah. Well, people live in the cities and right, stuff like that. Right. So you get used to, you know, that kind of lifestyle, but I've always enjoyed being in the far places. I think that was part of the reason I got into climbing because I wanted to test myself and yeah. endure pain, stay out in a tent for two months on the glacier, go to the high altitudes, come back suffering, just hammer myself. And then you find out what you really are. Go on a mountain by yourself, completely alone, stuff like that. I climbed the south or the north face of Everest in one day on all by myself. I was the only person on the mountain. I went in before anybody was there and just did it. And <laughs> it was like, came down, did that. That was the greatest experience of my life because I knew who I was after that. Did you know what you were up against? Yeah. I knew by that time I was I had gotten pretty big time experience where I'm like I know what it's going to take to do this and I was a professional element mastering
2: yourself with yourself by yourself yeah that's the reason that we have that's the reason that we have mates and get married because we can't live by us with ourselves not by ourselves but with ourselves yeah people say we can't live alone no we can't live with
1: ourselves yeah That's, that's why, talking, have you ever that's heard? What we get, that's what, no, that's, that's why we get married. That's
2: why we have to make, cause yeah, We can't yeah. live with oh, ourselves. For sure, Fuck
1: no. Well, Mike, you know, people yeah. go on these, uh, I'm interested in doing this at some point, but you go on like a 10-day silent retreat, no talking for 10 days. And people come back and say they were literally going insane.
2: Absolutely. That's what Alexander the Great Father told him. He said, learn to trust nobody and be alone. Uh huh. Because if be you can be alone, you'll yeah. be the
0: strongest man in the yes. world mm. if you're all right
2: about I it. To be capable That's true. Man to be able to live alone. That's what he said live alone, be able to live alone. Yeah.
0: You mm. know? It's, powerful. it's, it's powerful. true. If powerful. you can be that guy, you're you're well, you have a lot that's of when power. You're
2: powerful when you can live alone. You'd be surprised <sighs> because none of us never experienced it. Oh, we experienced it for such a short time. we say, hey, we don't want to do this no more. Most no, so of us never experienced just being with ourselves and our thoughts hmm. and our past. Hmm. And that stuff comes up, and we've been assaulted, or when bad stuff we saw happen to our mother. Oh, we don't want to deal with. it. Hey, let me look front toes, look at car. So let's just get away from those thoughts of we had from the past. Yeah. You know, we have to sometimes um, embrace who we are. This is who we are. What the fuck? I can't help it. This is, who are. This is the way the universe made us. We're mm-hmm. not all the same. And that's why this is a special per- place because we're not all the same. Every insect, every bug has a different print. Every lion, every tiger has different stripes, mm. spots. Yeah. I mean, billions of animals and bugs and stuff, and they're all different. They have an identification. Yeah. Everything's about life is about identification a number, a print, who's this guy, what bloodline he come from. Even from enthics, bugs, everything. Wow.
1: Joby, tell us about the Yeti.
0: Oh my God. You saw a Yeti? I saw a Yeti. Come on! oh shit.
2: Fucker, man.
0: I swear I'm to God. what
2: a cool guy, man. You ain't a Yeti.
0: <laughs> Alright, check this out. You can't make this up. So, here's the deal. So, I was... When I told you that story about climbing that mountain eight hours, I came down and I, we had to the base camp, so there were some other people were still coming down, so I had to wait. So my friend from Spain had some friends with him, like twelve people and he so he he had some people trekking in, and they were all there, and I knew some of those people, so I had dinner with them that night in their tent. they invited me so Towards the end of the night, everybody starts to leave and go to their own tent. And we had the dinner. Everything's finished. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting in the corner of the tent. There's like five of us in the tent. Something grabbed the corner of the tent and started shaking it like this and then did it again. And we're thinking it's some friend of ours from another camp. Around. Fucking around. Fucking around. And after a while, we think somebody's going to walk in. Nobody walks in. So we get up and like, what the fuck was going on with that? We walk out as I'm the last guy to get out of the tent. So I open the tent and I notice everybody standing there looking this way, just like this, just not moving at all, like looking at something. And it was a full moon. So it was really bright outside and it, and we were on a glacier. So it kind of reflected. I mean, it was very bright. It's like almost daylight. And I look over and. Right there to the left, about 15 feet away from me, is this coiled up, crouched down, black looked like the Yeti's not black. Get out of here. It's black, dude. It's fucking black. Everybody (laughs) lets it finish. this, This white thing, you know? No, 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 no. And a friend of mine had seen one before in the same area and told me what it looked like. He said it moves real fast and it's all black. I'm like, okay. I didn't expect to see one. I just heard the story, but when I saw it, it was exactly what he said. How it was. big was it? It was massive. But I mean, it's crouched it crouched down. It was crouched down. It had kind of a like a, a nose of like a, more of like a longer like a dog, but it it was this jet black, really shiny, long hair, and it had yellow eyes that really you could reflect in the sunset. It looked at us for a while, and then it just jumped, and it jumped over a pile of rocks. It was probably, not a bear. No, no, no. no. I, first, I thought, is that a dog? I'm like, man, that thing's huge. And then I thought it was a yak because the yaks were coming in to pick our equipment up. And I thought it's it's like a big cow. with. And I thought, that's not a yak. (laughs) And then it just kept sitting there looking at us. And then it just took off like in some supernatural flight over a hundred foot pile of rocks. What the crazy thing was, instinctively, I actually started moving towards it. Like I want to go up there and look. And there was a kid who worked for me, a Nepalese kid. He put his hand right here on my stomach. He was standing there watching the whole thing, too. He worked in the kitchen, and he said, don't go up there. And I was like, did everybody just see what I saw? And everybody was like, yeah. Holy shit. Okay. And when I saw it, I was just kind of like, oh, okay. Well, that's a real animal that exists and seems to have and a supernatural quality huh? that I never saw before that's kind of elusive or something. But it, then after a couple of days, we were waiting to get picked up by the yaks, and I started taking all the food out of my tent because I'm thinking, man, why did it, why He's did it shake the corner I was in? <laughs> I'm like, what did it want? And I was kind of glad to get out of there. I was afraid. It seemed like something that would just destroy you. Do
2: you take any psychedelics? that <laughs> like no,
0: that. no, no. I like to smoke some marijuana, but that's it. Yeah. I think it's pretty. Psychedelic that's what everybody up on else asked mountain. me. They said, "What are you taking up on the mountain?" I'm like, "On the mountain, I take my toothbrush. That's yeah. about it." You know, it's kind of lightweight going up there. That's a good break <laughs> off from all the party time. But uh, yeah, no, that's. I bet it's pretty psychedelic,
1: though, man. What you it do. is. That's, yeah.
0: yeah. It you're is. It's like a, you're going to other planets. Yeah, you know, like you're in a different yeah. place. It's so unique and so special, and so high up there. And the your breath. existence is just a big deal every day. Yeah, like yeah.
2: There's a place in India. There's an island outside, outside of India that the people, they've been there from Africa for 60,000 years. Oh, really? Yeah. They, they had they no contact with human beings. If you contact with them, they start dying because we affect them. They've they never been inoculated and stuff. Right. So they start dying. So I've seen them on film. before. So people people have been killed by them. They've killed some um visitors that try to come on that island oh, yeah. and try to... They killed some... Um, that's off the
1: coast of India, right? Yeah,
2: they killed the people from the missionary. They killed the yeah, mission people the that tried to change them to Christian and killed them.
1: This guy was documenting this whole thing, how yeah. he was going to bring Christianity to these people. They're real
2: they little. You know, they're really small.
1: He didn't make it onto the shore before they speared him and oh, drug him, him they into
2: like, the forest. Little, and they hit him.
0: Oh, that's a rough one.
1: Yeah. Fuck that. Mike thinks we should civilize everyone but I I don't think so
0: I
2: think that we should understand every species of human being and who they are and where they are yeah and how how, how do they relate to us
1: I'm interested in that yeah but can you go safely take a look and
2: no I just want to know what they believe is important what do they think is important do they believe fools are important what do they hold sacred Hmm. what do they believe the God's given them to make them special. Because we all believe that God has given us something to make us special. Black people believe God has given us rhythm, style, class, to make us different from any other people and stuff. And every other people probably say he gave us this, he gave us brains and telling us this because we do this, and he gave us this. And we all try to put that in together. Where did that come from? Did it stem from this? Where did that thought? Where did the idea come from of us being one? Uh, Somebody being superior, somebody being inferior. Where does thought come from? Who created those thoughts? Who created the thought of God?
1: Mm. It's just in us. Yeah.
2: No, this is what I found. I think we get it from animals, that um, we're born to worship. Mm. I think that's what happened. I think even the handicapped people were born since the beginning of time. Like idiots, you know, not the form, but they even worshiped.
0: I agree yeah. with that. That's you right. know what I mean. Sure. So you get a guy
2: from Harvard that starts going into science and say there's no God, but then you have an idiot, a guy, the first person that was born four or five thousand million years ago, he worshipped something. And you're gonna tell me this guy's an educated guy now, he knows more than this person that's born five million years before him. Now, you would say he is more advanced, but you think this guy knows more than a guy that's born five million years before him?
1: Maybe not. Can you
2: believe what that guy seen five million years before him? This guy could never dream of seeing, could never see in papers or books.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: Because they have never seen it to write it down.
1: Yeah. Well, Mike, you said it,
2: uh,
1: I don't know what we were doing. Maybe we were just in here recording an ad, but then we started talking afterwards, and you said, it's natural. It's a natural instinct for an individual or a creature to ask for help. And then, Joby, you said when you're up on the mountain, you're doing a lot of praying. And I'm sure you're asking for a lot of assistance from nature and the universe to bring in whatever circumstances would be preferable. So maybe that's it, Mike, like what you were saying. It's just a natural instinct, you know, that's even if you're thinking. alone to ask that's for help. I'm- yeah,
2: yeah. I was just thinking you said it. That's what... To ask every person, every insect, everybody was in that situation asking for help. It's walking too long, needs water. It's it to yeah. yourself, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Or we call whatever. Whoever, that, whoever created that word, God. That's what the person said, oh, this, oh, God, oh, this. Yeah. Help me, please. Yeah. I don't care. that I've said that all my life. Mm. Yeah. I said that when I was in the stages of not believing. I said that. That's how we know we have God. I don't care all the non-believers, all the atheists. when it's the last moment of our life? we say, oh, God, please help us. Or whatever we call God, oh, God, please help us. Or whatever we know that's bigger than us, we say, please help us. Even we don't believe, please help us. Mm -hmm. The moon, the sky, the birds, help us.
1: Mm -hmm. Joby, it's a real pleasure having you here, man. Big
0: time. Thank you, man.
2: Big time. really
1: appreciate you. Good luck. God bless you. You're the man. You're a fucking inspiration.
0: Seriously. Well, it's been a pleasure to be here. Got to meet somebody. I was, you know, your hero, of mine for sure. You're, so, you're really awesome. You've you're come back, bro, really, you come back, man. You have come back from stuff. I'm kind of coming back now too. You know, that's why I figured I would get some. It would be nice to meet you today and visit about these things. I figured you'd give me some advice. Hey,
2: you know, listen to what I, my, my experience. I found out that um, that God the, it tests you. It tests you and see how much of this you can take before you say let's just let's just be finished with this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It wants to show you something. It wants to see how much you can take, how much you can handle life. You say you love life, you wanna live life. I'm gonna show you life. Life is beautiful, but you have to accept the good and the bad as being beautiful. You can't can't accept the good, oh this is beautiful. Then we lose some of our life sucks. Life is beautiful because life gave us the ability to just know them on our journey in life. We met them. We loved them. We cared about them. They cared about us. That's that's the purpose of life: just to enjoy what we had, what we journeyed through it. I needed it. We all do. Because sometimes we don't understand, like, what is this? thing? What is my purpose? Why am I here? Why do I have to go through this pain? Why do I have to go through this fear all the time? Why can't it just be peaceful all the time? Then it wouldn't be life. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't be life. We have to. We have to take life at its terms. Life on life terms, not our, life on our terms. You know, we have to live life on life terms.
1: Joby, thank you again. Thank you, brother. Yeah, brother. I enjoyed Absolutely. it. Absolutely, we'll you have come to hang back out more. You're yeah. going to come back.
0: It'll be good. It'll be good.
1: Mike, amazing yeah. episode, man. Yeah, you know what? One of my favorites.
2: I keep thinking, you know, every time I, I, I think I make a mistake, but I keep thinking um, it's all about love. Love is the essence of life. I keep believing that. But I'm battling it with it. Thinking, Come on. I keep you can't that. believe it. Yeah, I you can't yeah. be that. Yeah, come on, fuck. You can Is it that simple? <laughs> yeah. Is it that simple?
1: I think so. Yeah. That
2: we're fighting for something that's just so right there. You can yeah. do it, but you just don't want to let go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, like you're, you're afraid to be happy. You're afraid to, you know, to enjoy it cause Listen, when you really find real love, and so my first experience with real love, the first, you know, I've never experienced. I ran the other way. Yeah. There is no way that you're going to accept it for all It is scary shit. The thing that somebody really loves you, regardless of all your flaws and everything, and you feel like you're a disgusting piece of shit. And somebody says, I love you, though. You might want to kill that person. How could you? I hate me. How do you love me? You know? Love is scary Mm. because it's so beautiful.
1: On that note.
2: How do we watch this show? Who do you talk to? Yeah, we're going to... Well, you got a lot of great yeah. YouTube
1: videos. Yeah, Ooh, we'll check yeah. those out. For, I got. What is the day that
2: you're going to do this? tell people the day that you're going to do this stuff? Should be yeah. around
0: the middle of May, so yeah. somewhere between probably like the 12th and uh, 25th in that that few days
1: is there anywhere people can follow you and follow, are there'll you be on a Instagram? website yeah on I'm on Instagram media? uh-huh
0: yeah I'm all over Facebook and Instagram so people can follow me from there my Joby Ogwin yep J-O-B-Y O-G-W-W-M you know, he's, so,
2: he's just such a humble man he's so lovable and stuff doing the stuff that's to fun I would be so scared my ego would get involved i make it like this is not <laughs> I mean, my ego I'm scared because I'm so afraid yeah, you know what yeah. I mean yeah
1: I know I know he's amazing this guy I love him. Thanks, man. Thank you. Um, Well, hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this really special episode. This
2: is a beautiful episode. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you, brother. Thank you.
1: Mike, thank you. Thank you for the platform. Thank you for the opportunity. Hey, everybody. Check out our website, hotboxandpodcast.com. You can find all our episodes there as well as listen
2: on podcast one. Until next time, I'm Evan Britton. I'm Mike Tyson. You know, I always see guys like Joby. They're always great guys. They're just so humble and stuff. Yeah. They do just incredible things. Awesome. And know what greatness is? The definition of greatness is doing the most difficult thing the ease with the, you know, difficult thing in the world with the simplest of ease. And that's what you do when you're breaking record running up mountains. <laughs> Take people days. He's doing it in hours. I love you. Can you imagine? It takes me a couple of days to go here, but I'm gonna do it in a few hours. Yeah, yeah, fuck <laughs> you know? it. But, Hey, I would do this in a few hours. You fat fuck! It <laughs> it's yeah, you guys are lazy. You gonna do it in two days? Yeah. Come on, man. What are
1: you doing? No. You nap?
2: Yeah, you guys are mean, lazy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You need uh, what's that diet? You need what's the diet thing again? You need. Don't eat Debbie Donuts, man. Just something. God, how do you do it in eight hours? God.
0: I was really fit back in those
2: days. Fuck, dude. (laughs) You're still
1: fit, bro. Fit enough, I hope. All right, y'all. Until next time, we're out of here.
2: Out of here, guys.
4: Hi, this is Danny Roof, the Real GM Radio Podcast, and I want to take a minute to talk about DeAndre Ayton, the number one pick of the 2018 draft. Definitely has not gotten the attention of high-profile lottery picks Luka Doncic and Trey Young during the early going, but he has been excellent and a key part of the Phoenix Suns being on the precipice of the NBA Finals. Ayton is presenting a matchup nightmare for the LA Clippers that Rudy Gobert simply was not. Gobert is a wonderful player, deserving defensive player of the year, but Ayton puts more pressure on opposing defenses. He's used his size mismatches for offensive rebounds, and he's also been able to contest shots around the basket and make life hard on the Clippers there too. So it is a huge performance for him, averaging... 20 points, 13 and a half rebounds through the first four games of the series. And it's been so exciting to see a physically talented player really come into his own on the brightest stage so far of his career. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now on the pro basketball, hockey playoffs, and Major League Baseball season. BetOnline.net has all the action. Basketball, the playoff battles continue as their teams make the run for the championship. America's pastime is in full swing. And let's not forget about hockey's chase for the cup. BetOnline has you covered if you love golf mma championship boxing they have that too bet online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports the news scores and odds so head to the website use your mobile device and bring home the game with betonline.net